welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan, and this is Sean Bowles. That I am, Bob, and I'm so excited about our show today because we've been learning more and more about the real estate market, and we have Paul Moore on today, and Paul has been around the church forever, and he's been a businessman for a long time. He started at Ford Motor Company, co-founded a staffing firm, and uh, he, he was a finalist for Michigan Entrepreneur of the Year. He's done a ton of uh, con- contribution to Fox Business and Real Estate Guys Radio, other places like that. And now he's uh, the founder and managing partner of Wellington's Capital. It's a real estate private equity firm, which is really fascinating to me. I love hearing yeah. these kinds of stories. and I love hearing the God journey in these stories, which we're going to hear today when we ask Paul these incredible questions that you and I have for him. Right. I can't wait. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's it's interesting when I read his bio, I, I just I just started thinking about the length of his career and the diversity of the things that he's done and uh, the perseverance that he must have had to listen to the Lord and, you know, make mistakes and get up and keep going. And and I'm I'm really looking forward to talking to him. And one of the things that you um, highlighted to me before that I want to ask him or that you could ask him is. When he said, you know, the biggest problem he had was between his ears and how just his own mind, his own thoughts, his own hearing. And that's exactly why we wrote Wired to Hear. That's why we're doing this podcast. So people can really go on the journey of like fixing the internal self and actually going, you know, you get discipled by people's stories. I love hearing stories. The power of story is one of the most powerful powers we have. And so, yeah, I think, you know, both of us will be able to relate to parts. I know our listeners will too. Yeah. Um. I think the sacred secular split you and I've talked about a lot and um, I, I'm interested to hear what he has to say about it. And uh, so, so next is Paul Moore. Hey, my fellow explorers, we have a brand new book out. And if you've ever been given a word that you're a Joseph an Esther, a Solomon or a Daniel, you need to learn how to hear God the way that they did. You need to have that place inside of you that connects to God, that can believe for his solutions on the world today and for his problem solving ability, his wisdom, his strategy. And so we've written this book called Wired to Hear and it's connecting God's voice to your career and place of influence. You are gonna love this book. I wanna encourage you to get it today. My friend Bob Hassan, who does Exploring the Marketplace with me and myself, wrote this to take you on a journey of how to succeed in your place of career with God's voice and with connection to Him. Visit Bowles Ministries today and look up Wired to Hear or go to any bookstore you know and you should be able to find Wired to Hear. But get it, review it, and share it with someone else. Welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. And we have our our guest, Paul Moore. Paul, we're so glad you're here. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, guys. It's a real honor. My wife and I love real estate investing, so it's so cool to hear your background because you're an expert in this. And so I have other questions for you another time, but we're so excited. I mean, we both, she looks at Zillow literally all night long, every night. She loves residential properties. So she knows more than real estate agents in the LA area, what's available, which is hysterical. Oh, that's great. (laughs) It's so funny. Well, Paul, you've had a long and distinguished career. And um, when did Christianity start to affect you? Or if Christ got a hold of you, how did that look? 
Yeah, you know, I got saved uh, my senior year of college. Then I had an MBA, went to Ford Motor Company and all that. But I had a problem for the first like 25 years of my walk with Christ mm -hmm. out of the la out of the 35. And that was that problem was right here between my ears. <laughs> the problem was I thought that there was a secular, you know, secular sacred dichotomy. I thought, okay, so I pray about evangelism and people getting saved and the church offering and all that stuff. But you know, I'm not supposed to pray for my business. Right. You know? And I knew better. I knew, but I I wasn't able to connect the dots. And, and then I heard the seven mountains message mm -hmm. and I, you know, started attending Bethel, you know, some of the online services and when I could get out there and I realized that that problem was a real problem. You know, the, the God has given us so many more opportunities as real estate investors, as marketplace people than most pastors ever get to intersect yeah. with the world. And now, uh, you know, I've seen life differently the last seven or eight years, and it's just made a big difference. So throughout my career, um, you know, I noticed that when I went and sat in the church, it was the church leaders. And what they would do to a, the business people is say, tithe, yeah. give us money. Exactly. We don't, really, we don't really care about your wisdom or, or what, what kind of a P&L you're running. Uh and it just, it was, it was such a split. And, and then I noticed later that it kind of came back together with churches recognizing they needed builders in their house to help them. Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting that you bring that up like that. You know, it's, it's funny because I think people, you know, these, these executives or entrepreneurs get saved and they get put on the, you know, the church, you know, finance committee. And maybe, you know, maybe that's okay. But, and then their, their highest use is to tithe. I mean, for years, I literally thought, I mean, I was doing, you know, we sold our company to a publicly traded firm. We were doing some great things. And I thought, but if I was really godly, I would be a missionary or maybe a, a staff, you know, assistant pastor. And I didn't realize I had so many more opportunities where I was. Right. Well, that's one of the reasons why we have this podcast, Paul, is because we want people to hear highlighted God stories of what God's doing in different industries because then they go, oh, that's who I am. That's, that's where my story is being told. Because at the average church, you're lucky if you get healing miracle stories, let alone evangelism stories. Mm -hmm. Testimonies, you don't ever hear what's happening in someone's sports career or somebody like you in, in investments and you know, in business. And so I think it's really exciting to be able to hear your story today and see that there's not a division between what's happening in the church and in the marketplace, but it's all one and the same. Yeah. And I'm sorry you guys both had to go through that because I feel like God's resetting it. I'm hoping 10 years from now, people will go, what you, what did you believe then? You know, I'm hoping yeah. so that they'll be like, well, that's terrible versus now where it's kind of like, yeah, I've been through that too, is what people tell Bob and I all the time. So I'm so sorry. That's been, you know, your reality to some degree for this, for a number of years, but tell us when things started to change. Tell us the big pivot point and what, what are some of the God stories out of those moments? Actually, I hadn't been prepared to answer that, but I just realized you were in the video that changed everything for me. Uh, in 2013, my assistant pastor called me over to his house to watch this new movie called Father of Lights. Oh, yeah. And that movie rocked my wife and I because we had been part of Vineyard right after it started. And, yeah. you know, we had been around when John Wimber and Paul Kane and those guys were coming out and Mike Bickle and all that. And so it was like we had drifted for years. 
into just not complacency spiritually as much as just sort of, you know, into a comfortable Christianity. And that wow. movie, you know, it changed everything. When I saw Todd White and you and others on there talking about what God could do in a normal life, you know, I immediately said, well, I, you know, I don't think I'd look good in dreadlocks with my gray hair, my white hair, <laughs> but I thought, you know, I can be like Todd. And so I actually started going out and doing that and everything changed. My kids' lives wow. got rocked and that wow. was the turning point. That is so cool. Well, we, we talk about, um, you know, there's been many financial crises over the last 15 years, but we're in one right now for a lot of Americans, a lot of people. You guys went through a financial crisis and you have a really unique story of how you got out of it. And I don't think it's necessarily a unique principle, but a unique way that you applied the principle. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So my... Uh, my friend and I had a company and we sold it to a publicly traded firm in 1997. And I had, I walked away with between one and a half and $2 million in my bank account. We actually moved to Virginia to start an international student ministry. And again, that was a little bit of that secular sacred thing. Yeah. But um, at any rate, 10 years later to the month, we started with a million and a half in the bank. We had two and a half million dollars in debt. And I tell you, we were really, I mean, we were like, what happened here? You know, and we were deeply invested in real estate. So that helped because it wasn't like we just had credit card debt or, you know, I'd borrow, you know, money on a bank loan or something like that. But one Sunday morning, I was sitting in my chair and I was, you know, meditating and I was asking the Lord, what am I going to do here? And I distinctly heard, what would George Mueller do mm. now? I, George Mueller is one of my heroes. I had read his biography. You know, for the those of you who don't know, George Mueller lived in the 1800s through almost the whole century. He was a hellion in Germany. He became sort of a saint in England, and he was a pastor, missionary, and he had some really strong opinions on how to raise money, how not to do marketing, how you never ask for money, you live on faith. And Mueller, it's said, you know, raised over a quarter billion dollars in his lifetime to take care of a total of about 10,000 orphans. And he did that to demonstrate the power of God and the faithfulness of God. And he never asked one person uh, for a dime. He kept, uh, and he kept detailed records. So I thought, well, what would George Mueller do? Well, first of all, he wouldn't be in debt at all. So I was already in trouble. <laughs> But secondly, I think he would have done something just outrageous, something against the grain, something radical. So I thought, okay, I know what to do. And so um, my CPA's husband was my accountability partner at church, and he and another friend met with me at a restaurant right after that Sunday morning. And they said, so what are you going to do? What do you, he looks like you're going to declare bankruptcy. I said, no, I'm going to give my way out of debt. And that went over really well, just about wow. like that. And so, and then I told my family, I called them together. I said, Hey, we're going to give our way out of debt. We're going to see what happens. You know, we might lose everything, but you know, it, it looks pretty bad as it is. So let's just start giving. And so wow. I forgot to mention that that Sunday morning, our pastor preached on George Mueller and I'd never heard him mention George Mueller before. So that was like a confirmation for me. Yeah. And so starting January 1st, 2008, now keep in mind, we didn't know we were about to hurdle down the greatest financial hole that we had been in since the Great Depression many, many decades before. But we thought maybe the worst is already over. So January 1st, 2008, we started giving a set 
and painful amount to churches, missionaries, nonprofits we cared about. And we said, Lord, here we are. We're going to give this amount every week until you come through or till we absolutely are absolutely flat broke. Well, about four weeks later, I was in a Subway restaurant and I met a real estate developer there who I knew a little bit. And I told him about this five acre piece of waterfront property that I couldn't subdivide. And he said, yeah, you ought to try this. And he mentioned some strategy. I said, yeah, I know about that law. That law doesn't apply to me because of you know these reasons. And he said, yeah, you never know. You may want to try it. And like this light bulb went off. And I was just like, wait, wait, I, I, I see it all. It was one of those things where God brought the whole strategy to me in like one second. And so two days later, I was meeting with the county planning and zoning commission. I was laying out this outrageous strategy to subdivide these five acres into five waterfront parcels that would have been really valuable if we hadn't been in this black hole of the recession. But at any rate, uh, I laid this out and the lady looks up over her glasses and she just shakes her head. And the surveyor I was with who'd been doing this for decades, he's kind of like embarrassed, like, I can't believe he's saying this. And she said, I've been doing this job for over 30 years and no one has ever come to me with such a outrageous plan to circumvent the law. But <laughs> you did. And I don't know how you ever came up with this idea, but you're right. There's a loophole in the law and nobody's ever seen it. And yes, you can do this. Wow. And so there was a lot of difficulty ahead. I mean, I still had to work really, really hard with surveyors and soil test engineers. And then we ended up with these five lots. And it was August and September of 2008, the right at the worst time of the crisis. And I was able to sell four of those five waterfront lots. And within 13 total months, we were completely debt free. We even wow. paid off our house. Wow. Those are the best stories. I, just yeah, love, I love that story. Crazy. <laughs> You know, a little earlier in your in your career, um, you had you had a small firm and you'd exhausted almost all your finances. And tell us that story. I just I just loved reading about it. Yeah. So it was a Saturday morning. I was sitting right here in this chair in my office and we were pretty much out of money. I was doing this commercial real estate startup. I didn't have cash flow. And I didn't know what to do. And I picked up this little book from Steve Backland about declarations and I read through it. And I felt like the Lord in my journaling time was saying, this is what you need to do. And I really didn't, I really, I, for some reason had not heard about declarations. I hadn't really believed that before. And, but I thought, well, I, again, my back's against the wall. I got to try something. And so I started making declarations that I, so I have this, background business I have running that generates leads for realtors at a resort in Virginia. And I rarely ever take any of those leads myself. I take one every year or two. And I said, Lord, please tap on the shoulder of somebody, somebody in America today, right now, have them look up our website and have them contact us. And I was thinking one of my realtors uh, you know, to make a large purchase, please right now in Jesus name. And I made that, I made it as a declaration, a prayer first like that. And then a declaration. Well, I went upstairs and 20 minutes later, and I don't get Facebook stuff on my iPhone. I really resist that whole thing. But for some reason, a Facebook message popped up on my iPhone and it said, so-and-so is trying to contact you or wants to be a friend. That was it. And so I accepted that request 
And about an hour later, he called me, he said, Hey, do you remember me? And I said, well, of course it was a guy I'd sold something to years ago. He had sold his company to a publicly traded firm. He said, Hey, I'm flying in next week and I'd like to look at some property, but there's only one piece of property I really want to look at. Well, he said, but I want to tell you how this came about. He said about uh, an hour and a half ago, I was sitting with my wife and we thought out of nowhere, we thought, wonder whatever happened to Paul Moore. I need to look him up. And he lost all my contact info, but he found me on Facebook, which I'm rarely ever on. Wow. And he said, hey, I'm going to put in a friend request. Well, it turned out he flew in. He looked at one property and he put an offer on it, bought it. And I made $53,000 in commission from that. <laughs> and it happened right okay. when I was making the declaration that he thought of me out of nowhere. Paul, Paul, let me tell you a funny story about declarations. Like, I don't know how hard or easy it was for you to start to declare, but I, you know, it's just hard for me to declare. I believe in declarations now, but someone was, someone was talking to me about declarations and you said, for example, I am, I'm declaring that I'll be a scratch golfer. And I said, oh, um, how many times a week do you play golf? Oh, I'm, I'm really busy, you know, and I don't have time to play golf. How many time, times a week do you, do you go to the range and practice? Never. <laughs> and I said, so you're telling me you're declaring that you're going to be a scratch golfer and you don't practice or play. And he said, yeah. And I was like, wackadoodle, I'm walking away from this person. Yeah. But then I did, you know, I did read Steve Backlund's book and, and, um, I, and, I, and, declarations have been a part of my life that I need to probably renew. <laughs> yeah, me too. Even as I'm telling the story, I realize I need to get back to that. Yeah. Well, you started a podcast, Paul, and it was called How to Lose Money. <laughs> Talk to us about why somebody who helps people make money and strategize over money called it that. I think it's so creative. You know, guys, I spent years going to these conferences and the speakers, and some were Christian conferences even, and the speakers would stand up and talk about how successful they were. In fact, I went to this father-daughter conference seven years in a row, and the leaders would all get up and talk about how great their families were and how successful yeah. and how much fun they were having and the trips to Europe and the mission trips. And my daughter actually turned around to me one day and goes, I got to admit, I'm pretty jealous of those families. Our family we have arguments at home and, you know, we're not like that. And I thought, yeah, I wonder if they're really as well put together as they look. And I'd go to these business conferences, same thing. And right. I would notice the people around the breakout tables would say, yeah, I'll never get there. I'll never be as well connected. I'll never have that inheritance. I'll, I didn't have that Harvard degree. I'll never make it. And I yeah. thought, wouldn't it be so much more helpful if people would just tell their pain stories, their yeah. losses, you know, about all the difficulties on the way to the top. Well, I met one of those families who was on stage and their daughters told my daughter, by the way, that they had arguments and the same kinds of problems we did at home. And I thought, well, that was encouraging. I wish they would have shared that. So when we start our podcast, we decide to call it How to Lose Money. And we interview investors, entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, others who have had trouble on the way to the top. And that is just about everybody we find. And we find it so encouraging and yeah. it's even encouraging for them to be able to tell the truth. Yeah. It's like the disciples in the Bible. They're such bad, good examples. But yeah. I'm going to see like all of our weaknesses displayed there in them. And it makes you, if they were all like 
super holy and we never got to see their weaknesses, we would have never believed to be like them. Yeah, right. And exactly. The stories are. It's like, I love that you're showing vulnerability and that that's what you chose to tell us some of the stories that came out of that. As far as people actually, you, you have some kind of almost miraculous stories that have come out of people hearing these, these interviews. Yeah. You know, there are, there have been people who just, I think they feel set free and I, I don't know, you know, about the miraculous side as much as just the fact that I think God can meet them there and say, look, there's hope. And I think that hope is the missing ingredient in a lot of people's lives. They really just don't have hope that they'll get there. Hope that this, you know, that this, like the scratch golfer guy, you know, he, he really isn't putting his hope in the right place, but this podcast <laughs> has allowed people to have hope because they hear people, you know, like Gino Wickman who wrote traction or Mike McCallowitz who wrote clockwork and profit first, they tell these horrible, painful stories and people yeah. had no idea that they had such huge losses and it really helps give them hope and encouragement. And I think people have really benefited from that. I think it's also easier to not replicate someone's mistakes yeah. than to replicate their success in many cases. And so I think that's been helpful too. I, I love it because it shows humility. I know in my book, Business of Honor, I talked about this whole road and with all these, all these problems and near bankruptcies that I had and people like I wrote a whole book and people commented about that, how that gave them hope, knowing that, uh, and courage, knowing that I had, you know, gone through this rocky road. And when people say things like you're so wise, I say, well, it's because I've made more mistakes than anybody in the room and I'm willing to talk about it. Yeah, I believe it. I love yeah. that. Well, so Paul, one of the things that you do and on top of all this is that you help people to make money. You help people to invest. And um, how do people get a hold of you? And tell us a little bit about the strategy of that and why you're doing that. Yeah. So our company is Wellings Capital. Uh, and we've found, I found out in residential real estate investing over the years, I looked ahead and I said, a lot of the wealthiest, most successful people in the world, the Forbes 400, almost all invest in commercial real estate. But I didn't know how to get in. How much money would I need? Who would I trust? Where, where was the on-ramp? And so Wellings Capital has built funds that allow people to invest with us. And then we are basically their due diligence partner. We go out and we find the very best operators, the oh, best cool. deals, the best asset classes, and we spread their money out over the, these different deals. And we give them a diversified portfolio of commercial real estate investments that provide cash flow and appreciation and often great tax advantages. And so uh, people, if they want to learn more about that, they can go to wellingscapital.com. I've got a free course there. People can go to wellingscapital.com slash resources, and they can sign up for a free course on where the on-ramp is to commercial real estate investing. Well, listen, we're, we're cutting short on time, but I'd love to hear your version Bible plan. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. And, you know, listening to Sean and you and others over the years, and especially at Bethel, I realized that you know, we can do business supernaturally. And so I pulled together a bunch of stories and I wrote a version Bible plan called Doing Business Supernaturally. And that's available at version. You know, version is a powerful channel for people. I mean, there's almost half a billion subscribers on version. Wow. And so it's a great way to communicate with people in all corners of the earth. 
I'm definitely excited about it. The version is an awesome app and I love that you put that on there. It's gonna be so awesome to hear your materials and those of you who wanna know more about investing in the commercial real estate market, make sure to go to Paul's website. And Bob, up next is questions with Sean and Bob. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Welcome back to Questions with Sean and Bob. We, Sean, we have a question from Haley Newton. I'm a full-time working mom and I work in the accounting department at a local business and I have a bachelor's degree in economics and a minor in business. And I really feel like I'm only 29 years old. I feel like I have a lot of years ahead of me and I really want to pursue more. I love learning and I love growing. I was considering my MBA but it's a lot of money and a lot of time dedication. What are your thoughts on getting an MBA? And what are some other resources people like me who are working parents can do to pursue their education and gain further knowledge in the business industry? That's a good question. I mean, as a working mom or as anybody who is doing a lot and you're trying to figure out how to go to another level, um, she sounds like she has the fortitude for it. You have to decide, is this going to make you more money? Is this going to be something that gives you better opportunities? And typically education can. It doesn't always, but it can. And there's a lot of ways to pursue it. Um, obviously, it's going to be hard work no matter how you pursue it. You can pursue it over a longer period of time, take those credit hours a little slower, or you can, because like you were saying, Bob, when we were talking about this question, you were saying, like, she may have to take some time off, which you don't have the opportunity when you're a mother to take time off. You know, right. school is terrible. It's hard to, you know, do it. Uh, why you're doing a full career, why you're being a full parent. It's a lot. But if you just need the, the knowledge, there's a lot of online resources. There's whole colleges who give their programs away for free online. You can't get a degree through it, but you still get the education. So if there's things you need the knowledge from. There's a lot of resources. If you need the college degree from it, you're going to have to figure out a way to work it. I know it can be expensive, but there is scholarships for parents. There's a lot of different, I mean, if you haven't gone to a you know, career counselor type person or a college counselor type person and give you your options, go and find out what you qualify for, depending on what race you are. Are you a single mom? Are you a married mom? Both have different programs for them. You know, there's so many programs now in a way that there never has been before. If you live in Vermont, where they give away a lot of free education, I know that because I was just in Vermont. You know, (laughs) each each place is different. What do you think, Bob? Well, Haley, I think every industry is different. And, you know, my question to you would be to do some research and find out 
what what would your earning capacity be if you spent the money uh, to get your master's? Would 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 your earnings double per year? Uh, I know some industries a master is master's degree is favored, but uh, the earning potential isn't there to get rehired. So I would look at that. I would look at your quality of life and say, uh, you know, we heard you're a mom and you're already working at a job. How, how would that affect your quality of life? Would you, would you think that you could add this master's program or any kind of further education program while you're still working and, you know, taking care of your kids These are all questions that I think if you got with some of your closest friends and really whiteboarded this out, I think a lot would come clear to you. Yeah. And you can learn so much through the investigation process about what kind of career you want. I know a friend of ours, she just graduated this year. Finally, and this has been a 12 year process with her uh, doctors. She's a medical doctor now with her degree. And she started out just as a single mom saying, I'm going to be a nurse. It'll be a, a thing. I love caregiving. I love nurturing people. Yeah. It'll be something I can do. Why I have kids and whatever. And so when she got her nursing degree, when she went into that, that vein, she realized I'm killing this. Like this is, I'm really gifted at this. I want to be a doctor, not a nurse. My earning potential will be so much more, but she had to look at her kids' lives and see how that education process would affect their lives. But her son graduated high school. Her daughter graduated middle school and she graduated college all in the same week. That's just wow. so cool. And they were so proud of her. She actually was the star of the graduation, but they weren't left behind at all. But they were, they learned so much by watching her pursue it that her son is going to Ivy League school. He's got a scholarship for it. He would have never thought of that if his mom wasn't on such an aggressive pursuit forward. So it actually worked for their childhood with their mom because their mom was a living example in front of them of it versus them just sacrificing a whole lot. They needed to see her in the fullness of who she'd be in her career. Other people might, the kids might suffer from that. It may not be the same thing. So listening to the Holy Spirit is going to be, he's going to be your guide in this and your friends, like Bob said. But we so love that you asked the question. Thanks for trusting us with your question. And if you have a question for Bob and I, go to bullsministries.com, click on the banner that says, ask us a question. We'll either answer it here or join us on a live. We usually do on Thursdays. You can find out by subscribing to our Facebook at Bulls Ministries or YouTube. Uh, We have Bulls Ministries YouTube. You can subscribe there as well and you can be notified for our lives. But we sure do hope we hear from you and thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.